Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So we're in a series called The One Another's of Scripture, and there's 59 One Another's. We've looked at three. This would be number four today. We've looked at love one another. Um, we looked at prefer one another. We've looked at accept one another. And today, we look at kind of the, mm, we kind of look at the ribeye today. We look at forgive one another. When you look at forgive one another, I mean, when you talk about forgiveness, it's kind of three parts. Uh, There's the forgiveness of yourself. Uh, Some people are hung there. We're not going to talk about that today. I don't have time. There's the forgiveness of God that you feel like God's dealt you wrong or you got the jokers all the time, never got the aces or kings. You got to let God go. But I'm not... I'm not going to the individual or to God today. I want to stay one another. One another, okay? We have to forgive one another. We have to. Have to. And so there's no better teacher on forgiveness than the word. It doesn't need my help. Doesn't need a, I'm not the crutch today for that. My job as the messenger is to, I'm just going to read the word, and I'm going to trust the word will do what the word will do. And then when it's all said and done, it's up to us as the church whether we want to do the word or just hear the word. If we hear the word, we'll walk out the same. If we do the word, we'll walk out changed. And really, it's, I'm going to love you either way. He's going to love us either way. The question becomes, how free do we want to be? Do we want to sing about freedom or we want to experience freedom? And today, I'm telling you, this right here is the chain for 99% of the people. It's just chains. It's chains for 99% of the people is forgiveness. If you think it's heavy at 1030, you should have been here at 9, okay? (laughs) So we're going to jump into the Word, okay? Let the Word do what the Word does. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 32. Ephesians 4, 32. This is NIV. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. If you have your own Bible, very important two word right there. In Christ. God forgave you. Colossians 3.13. Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other. 
and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, when we forgive people, we do Jesus. If you ever wanted to be like Christ, if you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a little Christ, I want to be like Jesus, you're never more like Jesus than when you forgive. Never. Because he forgave you so you might forgive others. The same grace and mercy he dumped on us can be dumped and lavished on others, not because they deserve it, Mm -mm. but because we didn't and he gave free, and we can too. See, when you forgive, you're saying, I'm for you. And because I'm for you, I will give you forgiveness. You say, I've never seen it that way. Oh, that's, that's the way. You see, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he went to the cross, asked his disciples to pray for him. They're all sawing logs, sleeping, and all kind of stuff. He's, that's a whole other thing. He's up there with God, and he asked God this question. God, is there any other way? This cup can pass from me. This cup of bitterness, this cup of the cross. And God said to his son, no, no, you got to do the cross. And Jesus said, okay, not my will, but thy will be done. <laughs> not, not my will. I, I, I don't even, I, I don't want to. But not my will, but thy will be done. Here's the deal. We got to forgive them. Not because we want to. Now, that's not, maybe that's, that's not our will. But this cup isn't passing any other way. We have to say, okay, no more of my stubbornness, no more of my pride, no more of my I can't, I won't let them go. Not my will, God, but thy will. And you will be free, free, free indeed. And you release them to God, and there's no better place. See, when God sent Jesus to die on that cross, Jesus said, I'm for you, Jeff. I'm for you, Jeff. And because I'm for you, I'm going to give my life for you so that one day you can experience my forgiveness and my grace and then return, give it to others. We have to forgive them. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, then leave your gift at the front of the altar. 
first go and reconcile, be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift at the altar. He ain't talking about your money. He's not talking about your giving or your, or your tithe or offering. He's talking about your worship. Listen to me. For many of us, we come on a daily basis, weekly basis in the presence of God. We are led to the throne room of worship by our worship team. And some of you can't fully, freely worship because you are absolutely haunted by the individual or individuals that you will not let go. And you can't see the face of the king because all you see is their snapshots of who they are and what they did. And you will not let them go. And because you won't let them go, you sing, but you've yet to worship. And when you worship, you, it changes everything. But a prisoner can't worship. A prisoner starts singing and then they bust out in worship and chains and walls and the whole prison falls down. And that's what needs to happen in many of our lives because many of us are holding stuff and holding people and it's holding our arms down in worship and we're Velcroed down and we can't get free. And when you let them go, man, your arms will go sky high and you'll worship your king like never before because you'll no longer see the face of those individuals in those situations, but you'll see the face of the king who set you free and now he lets you set them free. Let them go, church. Let them go. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says this, and it's a tough word. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, and this is a big old but, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you do not Forgive men their sins. Your father will not forgive you your sins. That is tough. So tough. But the question on the floor is, will we be only hearers of the word, but doers of the word? And when the tire hits the road, it'll leave a skid mark if it's a good tire. We've got to forgive them because we've been forgiven. We can't demand something from God or expect something from God or ask anything from God that we're not willingly to give back to someone else. And I know what you're saying because I'm not, this lesson right here, <laughs> woo, it's in my face. Been there, done that. Because what I did for about 10 or 11 years is hold that against my father, my earthly father. See, the question becomes, what, what do I want out of this? What am I expecting to get? What are you waiting for? What, what do you expect that person to do, those people to do? What, why won't you let them go? What you want is what we scream inside. What I screamed inside of me for 10 or 11 years is, is God, I want justice. 
I want justice. I want them to feel what I felt. I want them to hurt like I hurt. I want them to cry like I cried. I want them to go in a hole and, and hide and be scared to come out because of, of what you did. God, they hurt me. They said this about me. They did this to me. I, they, they need to be punished for that. And you're not punishing them, so I'm going to punish them. I'm not forgiving them. And the whole time that we hold out for justice, we think we're the ones to, to bring justice. We take God's place. And God says, Jeff, you, you got to let him go. You're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. So the guy in the Bible, he had a problem with the same thing. He came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21 and 22 says this. Then Peter came to Jesus, came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times times seven. See, we so bad want justice, man. We so bad think we deserve justice. We so bad want to do justice. We hold out thinking that we're punishing people by not forgiving them. I'm not saying the pain and the hurt that others have caused you isn't real. Oh, it's real and it's great. And yes, what they did was wrong. What they said was wrong. The whole circumstance was wrong. You are a victim of that, but that's not what your identity is for the rest of your life, and you can't walk in that. But the pain you're living with, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, can poison your soul and destroy you. When we forgive others, we're not saying that what they did was okay. But what we are doing is we're releasing them to God and letting go of its hold on us. There is no better place that you can put someone than in the presence of God. You want to really punish somebody? <laughs> Give them to God. Let them go. Let them go. Here's the deal. If we have them, God doesn't. If we got them, if we're going to inflict the pain, if we're going to be justified, if we're the ones that's going to call them on the carpet, if they're the ones that are going to testify to us, they're the ones that are going to stand before us and give an account. If we are playing God, he can't. And until we release them, he can't. He can't do it. Many of you um, have been here a couple, if you've been here before, you've, you may have heard this, but for 10 or 11 years, as I referred to earlier, I, uh, I, held, I held on hard 
to a seed of, of unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart towards my dad. Now, you wouldn't know it on face value. If you just met me and saw me or watched me play ball, you wouldn't know that. But inside of me, I have real issues with my dad because of stuff that he did and stuff that he said and things like that. And, and so as the oldest son, I was put in some, some spots that I didn't want to be in, trying to keep him off my mom. And I took some blows that I shouldn't have taken. And it was ugly. And so I, I, I held this against my dad for 10 or 11 years. And I was a sophomore in college. And the Holy Spirit was working in my life and doing some stuff in me. And, and I was sensing God was really had a destiny for me doing some great things. And, and I was starting to kind of hone in on that. And guys and buddies of mine around my life would say, Jeff, I, I think God's got a call in your life for ministry. And I really think he's got a call in your life. I'm like, man, you're crazy as you can be. I mean, I stuttered in school and couldn't speak and couldn't write. No, I'm not standing up in front of nobody. All right. I'm not standing up in nobody. I might get married and that'd be the only time I stand in front of anybody. All right. And so they said, man, I'm telling you, God's got a call in your life. And so for a long time, this went on and went on and went on and went on and went on. And I said, God, I just need to know. I need to know I'm confused. I need to know if this is what you have for my life. Is this my call? Is this what you want me to do? I need to know through your Holy Spirit, will you please let me know? Just speak to me. I want to know. I don't want their green lights. I want your green light. Mine's blinking yellow. I don't know whether to go or stay. And all I heard him say was this. You want that light to turn green? Yes, sir. I wanted to turn green too. But you're going to have to let your dad go. And I said, well, God, I'm sorry. Um, I got nothing to let go. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. He did that. He's a deacon. He goes to church. We sit all pretty, all dressed up, all slicked up for our pictorial directory in the Baptist directory. You, you, let, you let Mr. Deacon come, come tell me. He, he needs to come to me. All God said was, you need to let your dad go. You need to go let your dad go. He's kinking your hose, Jeff. He's a kink in your hose. My water hose was open, and the Holy Spirit was flowing through it. And as it got to the top, unforgiveness kinked it. Nothing wrong with my hose, man. Great hose. Nothing wrong with my water source. Great water source. The problem was I had a kink in the top of my hose. And right before I got all the blessings and all the, the destinies and all the dreams that God had for my life, I couldn't get them out of the top. I couldn't get them. I could hear them in the hose. Other people could hear them. But the kink at the top of unforgiveness of my dad, I choked him off right there. I said, no, nah, not letting him go. I let him go, he wins. I let him go, I said, fine, you should have hit me. You should have threw that at me. You should have cussed me. You should have done that. Yeah, I, was, I, I deserved it. I didn't deserve it. I was a good kid, put in a bad spot, and I, and I didn't deserve that. The problem was, there was a scripture playing out in my life, and I want to read it to you. John 10.10 says this, that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that Jeff may have life 
and that Jeff may have it to the full. And I'm going to tell you something. He was about to kill me. He was choking me off. Because I wouldn't let my dad go. And so for months, I stewed over it and sat on it. And God's Holy Spirit continued to press on me and press on me and press on me and press on me. And every time I deflect it by saying, he's the dad. He needs to come to me. He needs to come to me. So I go to class, 8 o'clock, stats class. Mm. So I'm sitting there. It's about 10 after 8. Professor comes. He's getting ready. Class about to start. I open my book. Not even thinking about my dad. I open this book. God says, you need to get your little white hiney up and you need to drive to your dad's shop and you let him go. It's the last time I'm going to say it. So I said, all right. So I closed my book, put my backpack, put my backpack on my shoulder, I start to walk out. My professor's like, excuse me? I wanted to say, you're getting paid anyway. What's the point? But, <laughs> but he, I'm sure he said, that's a baseball guy. They do that kind of stuff. But so I got in my car, drove three hours to my dad's shop. My dad's sitting on a little Coke bottle bench, letter and a sign. I just walked cold turkey right up to him. He starts to go, hey, 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 how's ball and all this stuff. I said, dad, listen to me. I'm not here for this fun talk. I got to say some stuff to you. I got to say some stuff to you. I got to let you go. For the next hour or so, I just talked. I just laid it, cried and snot all over myself, threw it up, threw it all over my dad, threw it down. But I threw it at the cross and I laid it there. Why? Because I was for my dad. And if I'm for my dad, then I got to give him forgiveness. Because Jesus said, I'm for you, Jeff. So I'm going to give you forgiveness. So you can return and give it to someone else. My dad didn't deserve it, neither did I. But I got it free. So I set my dad free. I said, Dad, I let you go. I turn you to God. I turn you loose. You don't hold me no more. And I, I, I know you didn't understand. I know you didn't have a dad growing up, so you didn't have no model or anything. Your dad was killed in the war. Never met him. I don't understand all that. But, but dad, I'm carrying stuff I shouldn't carry and it's choking me. God's got a destiny for my life. I can't hear him and I want to hear him and I got to let you go. So I let my dad go. And I drove there, but I flew back, got peanuts on Southwest Airlines. I was free as a bird. Shortly after that, I said yes to the call of ministry. I graduated from college a couple years later, full time at a church. And my aunt calls me. She says, hey, your dad's been arrested again. He's in jail, and he's going to be there a while. I said, man. So I said, God, you're going to have to send somebody to my dad. Going to have to send somebody to my dad. He's a lost man. He's very religious, but he's lost. Send somebody to my dad. So a pastor friend went to see my dad. And on a jail cell floor, on a concrete floor, a deacon of First Baptist Church for 21 years got on his knees and prayed to receive Christ and was born again. And you know what? When, my, when I found out that happened, 
I was just ecstatic. But the first thing that came to my mind was this. God said, that's what you were waiting on. You were waiting on a lost man that did not know me to come and ask for forgiveness. Wasn't going to happen. And the enemy was going to kill, steal, and destroy your life because you were waiting on him. When I set myself free, I in turn set my dad free. Years later, my dad, the sin in which he was so entangled in, got him. And because of that jail cell, he experienced Christ and was born again and set free. When you let go of people and you release them, you give them over, you set them free, you loose them, you, let, you, you give them to God. There's no better place to give somebody than to God. They're not going to change if we hold them. They're going to change if you let them go. Matthew 16, 19 says this, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I give them to you. And whatever you bind on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Some of you have people in here that you have absolutely bound to this earth. If you will forgive them and let them go, they will be loosed. And it'll be loosed in heaven. And then God can do his thing. You got to let them go. Some of you are holding people, holding people, holding people, holding people. And you're not holding them, they're holding you. They're holding you. Can I be honest with you and tell you this? If I do not get my little white hiney up and drive to my dad's shop that day, I am not your pastor today. That's just a flat out truth. Because I was on an absolute edge of having my life killed, stealed, and destroyed. I was going to miss my calling. Oh, I, was, I would have had a job or I'd have done something, but it wasn't going to be what God picked for me. And I'd have been miserable every day at a job that I wasn't supposed to be at. See, some of us are miserable every day because we won't let somebody go. Now, we dress up and smell right and eat right and look right, say all the right things, but inside we're dying because we're drinking a poison that says, I'm going to drink it so it kills you. You can't drink poison and kill somebody else. It's going to kill you. He gives us mercy, grace, and, 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 and forgiveness, and we drink it at the cross. Now he says, let them go and give them what I gave you. Give them what I gave you, and what I did in you, I will do in them. Maybe that person that you won't forgive, mm, if you'll forgive them, and you'll let them go, and you give them to God, Maybe what's holding back salvation in their life is that. It was for my dad. 
forgive as I, Jesus, forgave you. You're never more like Jesus than when you forgive. Never. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. At the very beginning of the message, I said, the church today can't just be listeners to the word. They must be doers of the word. We come in here sometimes, it's nice, air conditioning's already going, we stir our coffees and we come to worship. And we hear a nice message and we hear some illustrations and they move us. They do. They're cute. They're nice. They're funny. We remember them for a little bit. About the time we get to our restaurant, we forget. And we're no different. We just do it again next week. We do it again next week. What about this week? It needs to be different. The Holy Spirit is very present. The Father is very present here. His word has spoken. Unforgiveness, it'll choke you out. It'll choke you out. It'll choke your spouse. It'll choke your kids. It'll choke your grandkids if you live with it long enough. It'll poison everything around you. And you can choose to listen to the message or do the message. Haven't we listened to enough? Isn't it time that we do one? So today I'm asking you, you know you're in chains. You know you are. You know who you need to let go. Do not, for the love of Jesus, walk out of these doors with chains on. You can be set free today. For some of you, you need to lay them at this altar. Why? Because you've tried to give them up in that chair before and you take them with you every time. You need to get up here just like I need to get out of that class and go to my dad. You need to get up here and give them at this altar. Lay them at the cross. Lay them at the foot of the cross and go back to your seat free. He can handle them. You can't. You need to give them to Jesus. Don't miss him today. Don't miss him today. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand and we're going to worship. If you need to come, you come. Somebody in here needs to experience freedom. They need to experience forgiveness, but they need to experience the forgiveness of salvation. You can't forgive because you've never been forgiven. You can be forgiven a day and born again. If you're looking for a church home, it's a tough, hard message, but know this church will teach the word. If you want to come, join a church, come. I'm going to pray, then we're going to stand. We're going to be doers of the word. Father, we love you. I pray the Holy Spirit today has spoken. God, that you would move us today. Don't let us walk out of here the same. Shame on us if we walk out the same. May we be doers of the word and not hearers only. For your glory, in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 